Let's see here. According to our Zoom call here, it says we're live on YouTube, which probably means we're live on YouTube. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Divi Chat. Today, we're going to talk about... Uh-oh. I hear myself. I'm going to mute me. Welcome to Divi Chat. Today, we're going to talk about using CSS in modules versus the style sheet. And guess what? Gino's alive, and he came. <laughs> Hello, so everyone. Excited. Good to, good to, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, ladies, but I'm going to let Gino introduce That's okay. First. <laughs> uh, it's good to be back. Uh, Gino Kiros with uh, Monterey Premier and Kiros.co coming at you from California. Yay! Gino's <laughs> back. <laughs> I am. I don't know. Gino's nervous. I'm excited. So. Nervous. <laughs> <laughs> kind of awesome. Uh, who else? Go ahead, Leslie. Hello, I'm Leslie Bernal of A Girl and Her Mac, and um, I'm coming for, at you from San Antonio, Texas. And you can find me at a girl in her Mac dot design and a girl in her Mac on all the socials. Fantastic. Are you actually in the city of San Antonio, Leslie? I am in San Antonio, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> Hi, Sarah. Hi, I am Sarah Oates from Endure Web Studios. You can catch me at endure.com.au or Endure Web on all the socials. Sorry, I'm a little croaky. Um, probably within about 20 minutes, I'll start to sound a little bit more like myself. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad everybody's here. Hey, Tim. Hey, everybody. Tim Streifler here, and I am broadcasting from Austin, Texas, and you can find me online at divylife.com, timstreifler.com, and wpgears.com. Are, are you sure you're an awesome Tim? <laughs> I'm, just having I'm channeling my inner Leslie. It's okay. It's okay. If, if anyone knew where Round Rock, Texas was, then I would say Round Rock, but it's a suburb of Austin. It's close. We're just giving you a hard time. I'd say Austin. Awesome. You're on the map. You can't tell the difference. <laughs> Right, and my name is David Blackman with Aspen Grove Studios, Divi Space, and WP Gears. I am super excited to be here. Missed last week. Glad to be back. Glad to have one of our Divi Chat founders here with us back again, Mr. Gino Quiros. And we're going to talk all about CSS and where we like to put it, where you should put your CSS. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. That just I sounded just, wrong. Right I there. know. <laughs> I decided to go with it. I'll tell you where you can stick your CSS. <laughs> well, in the event that we have some total newbies, which is very possible that listen to Divi Chat and stuff, maybe we can do two things from our um, definitioner, Mr. Tim Streifler, uh, maybe define CSS. And then since we're talking about adding CSS to Divi modules versus the style sheet, maybe you can kind of tell the difference between the two as well, or somebody else can field that second question. Yeah, absolutely. So CSS, it stands for cascading style sheet. And essentially what it is, is it's a little bit of code that tells the browser how to make the web page look. And so if you kind of look at like the pre-CSS uh, phase of the internet and actually you could google the first website ever and it basically just looks like a text document uh you know minimal formatting no styling whatsoever that's what websites look like and then there's like 
Uh, I think they browser started to be able to do inline styling. And then finally CSS kind of changed the game because then they could add CSS classes and IDs and everything and, you know, define all throughout the page what it looks like, you know, okay, I want all my headers to look this way. I want all my uh, paragraph text to, to look this way. And, you know, obviously that's just, you know, very basic CSS, but essentially it's a instruction for the browser on how to make your website look. And someone else can jump in and, and talk about the, um, the style sheet versus customizer. So I'm not talking for 10 minutes straight here. <laughs> Does any one of y'all want to, I mean, I'm up for it if you want me to. <laughs> mm. All right, go Tim. All right. <laughs> so when it comes to Divi and CSS, there's uh, obviously Divi has its own style sheet and um, you can add custom CSS to a couple of different places. So uh, obviously Divi has its built-in controls and that's really not what we're talking about here. We're talking about when you make changes that kind of go above and beyond the controls that Divi has in the page builder or in the WordPress theme customizer. And so if you want to add custom CSS, you could either create a child theme and add the CSS there, or you can use uh, Divi's theme options and add the CSS there. Or actually, there's even another option, which is each page has its own uh a uh, custom CSS box that you can add to the Divi theme page settings. And then there's actually even one more thing. If you don't like any of those, well, you could add CSS that's applied to just that module in the advanced tab of each, uh, each Divi module. So there's lots of places. And so that's why we're going to talk about CSS and Divi in this entire episode. At first I was thinking like, this is only going to be like a five minute conversation. And then <laughs> places where you can add CSS, it's actually, there's a lot more to it. So. And that brings anything? up, no, you did good. And you brought up some very Excellent. good points. This can get really confusing because there are so many different places that you can put CSS and there's advantages and disadvantages to putting it, why you may want to put it in different places. And we'll kind of go over that today. Um, so who wants to get us kicked off on this topic? Does uh, anybody have a specific something that they want to point I mean, out? I can talk about what I tend to do, but yeah. I think... I I know a lot of people talk about whether to put it in your style sheet or whether to put it in the main customizer section. That's probably the main ones that people tend to talk about the differences between. Um, actually, yesterday I, I got really lazy and I did put it in a page, like in that overall page one, because I just was feeling really lazy and I put it there. But ordinarily I would not do that purely because I'm going to forget that I put it there because I never, <laughs> ever use that section ever. Um, but yesterday I did on one particular site because I just wanted to target one page and I couldn't be bothered to work out what page ID it was and I got lazy. But ordinarily the main question is whether you put it in your style sheet or whether you put it in the customizer. My personal preference is I like doing it in the style sheet. The reason I like doing it in the style sheet in a child theme is because when I'm building a site, I can have my style sheet up in a code editor that I like using. So that's like the main reason is because I think that the customizer is kind of annoying to use. Like the space isn't nice to use. It's not big enough. It doesn't let you tab properly. Um, I think they're basically. And they don't let you make it bigger anymore either ever since. Yeah. And so you can do it in the back end of Divi or you can do it in the front end of the customizer and both places go to the same place. Um, so they are exactly the same thing. But 
they're just not nice to work with. So it's not that using a style sheet in a child theme is in the end actually better. Like they don't work differently, although your website will listen quicker and with higher priority to the one in the customizer. However, so if you, if it's not working in the style sheet, sometimes I'll have to do it in the customizer because it just listens. That's the better. main reason I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But ordinarily most, I would say 90% of my CSS will end up in the style sheet because I can style it. And because I can make like nice little kind of breakup bits that break up between the pages and I can do my tabbing so that it looks neat. It's easy to read. It's easy to find stuff. I can do search and replace really easily. I do it because it's easy for me and it looks good, and it looks professional. But there's not actually a difference. Like, it's not actually, in my personal opinion, it's not that that is a more superior way to do it. I just like it better. So that's that's my two cents worth of why I do it that way. Great points. Yeah, I would have to say I, I totally agree. I mean, that's kind of my the way my approach to it too is I – just have a preference. I, I like the bigger space. I like having everything in one place. Um, and I will, when I get lazy and I'm tired of trying to get the code to work right in the style <laughs> sheet, I'll go put it in the option so it works uh, because that always overwrites everything else. Um, but that's my preference too. In fact, e- even for me, I think many of you guys know, even when it comes to making adjustments that could be done in the module settings and stuff, I typically prefer to make those changes still on the style sheet. So that way, if I have to make global changes, I can still make that in one place and not have to jump into a page and and modify it there. And there are some great changes coming with global uh, adjustments, page adjustments and stuff. But uh, somebody who um, that's just my preference is to have everything in one place. When it comes to design and style, it's great to have it in one place. It turns around the projects faster for me. Awesome. Great points. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> One thing I, uh, sorry to cut you off, Leslie, if you're about oh, to jump no. in, um, <laughs> I noticed with the theme options, cause I use theme options a lot. Uh, I, I kind of switch off and, and use both. I don't think I have one that I use more. Um, but one thing I noticed with theme options, since they added the update, you know, where it'll, um, it'll do code validation and all that in Safari, it like, there's some weird, uh, issue, and it cuts off like the first part of the CSS. And so you're kind of flying blind because you're like, shoot, if I'm going to paste something, I don't want to paste it in front of a closing bracket and, you know, and screw up your, your yeah, CSS. And fine. so I didn't know that. I don't ever of, use, yeah, I don't code in Safari. That's weird. Yeah. I use Safari for like in browser stuff and then I use Chrome for the inspector tools. And so I kind of, I have, I have a really weird routine, but anyways, <laughs> I'm like a lot more prone to use the style sheet now uh, because of that. And it just, it bugs me. So, yeah, I mean, the code validation is a really good point that for people who are newer to CSS and are less likely to know when they've made an error, it is really great having the code validation in the, um, customizer. That's, that's a great new addition. I really like that because if you do miss out on one of those, what are they called? The dot in the thing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if you miss one of those or if you miss your curly bracket, then you're going to stuff up your whole CSS. So, you know, having co-validation can be really useful. So, 
Yeah, I've heard people say that like, oh, well, if I paste that CSS snippet at the top of my CSS, it works. But if if I paste it at the bottom, it doesn't work. (laughs) That just means something's wrong with code. One of the other things I noticed, one of the benefits of the CSS customized box and the Divi options box is if you're running a lot of cash and you don't have the option to go into the cPanel because you're working on a client site and turn it off temporarily, uh, you know, Flywheel has the development mode and SiteGround as well. Um, you don't have to worry about clearing the cache every time you make the changes, whereas in the style sheet, you do have yeah. to clear the cache yeah. all the time. And, and so you that's- have to clear your local cache as well. So, like, I think that is that blocks up a lot of people. There can be multiple levels of caching between your child your child theme style sheet and your browser. And that can be a really big pain in the butt for some people. So for some people, it's just easier to go in the customizer for that. Yeah. Especially once it's live and you've got like a million levels of caching on it. Right. That's what I was going to say. You add in uh, Cloudflare, CDN, server cache. It's also bad when you're developing because you've got no caching on it. You're not going through Cloudflare and you can just literally clear your own browser cache using that clear cache button, then it's not a problem at all. But once it goes live, it can be challenging to then make changes. That's often, that's the moment. Once it's live, that that's when I tend to get lazy and start chucking stuff mm-hmm. Yeah, um, customizer because I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm making these changes and I can't work out which caching is blocking it up. And then I end up just chucking it in the customizer. Lazy developer right here. <laughs> 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 well, I um, I I'm kind of kind of the same as you guys. I tend to either use the the theme options box or the uh, child style sheet. I tend to prefer the theme options box because of like you guys said, it just everything works when it's in there. If I'm doing a child theme, one of my child themes where I'm kind of geared towards developers, I'll do it in there first, and then I'll move everything over to the style sheet. Usually, something like Caldera, I always have to keep some of the CSS and the theme options. Like it just will not take with the style sheet. Um, so I've noticed that. Um, and then it depends on if I'm working like on a client stuff. Like I have one client where um, I'm building stuff for their child themes, but they're geared towards beginners. So most of what I do, I try to put in the modules because that's where the beginners are going to go. They're not going to want to be messing with the style sheet and stuff. Um, so that's the only time I'll, I'll tend to do stuff in the modules. I, I used to, as a normal practice, I would do that, but like Gino said, like I like having things in one spot. I don't want to have to be going to open every page and every yeah. module and all that. It's, it's lame. So for my own stuff, like I, I, I never do the model. Like rarely I um, do that. So I, yeah, I stick to the theme options and my child style sheet. What that brings up a good point um, regarding. Are you talking about the built-in controls in the modules and stuff and using custom like the, CSS? You know, like the advanced, the advanced tab. Like if I put stuff in there, the custom CSS. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't use it. I was gonna say. I I try to do to take Divi as far as I can with the built-in controls and then mm-hmm. do custom CSS for everything beyond that. And I've found that that tends to be safer with updates. And so things don't break as easily yeah. um, than other sites where I'm like, you know, screw the built-in controls and just do everything custom CSS. And it like, I don't know if it's why that is exactly, but um, just throwing that out there. I don't know if you guys have experienced that at all. Well, certainly I did when 3.4 or whatever it was came out and all our headers broke. <laughs> oh, really? I don't think that, that happened. Was it 3.4? 2.6. It was, it was oh, uh, that, that one where 
that big one. Oh, 2.4. 2.4, yeah. 2.4, okay. Sorry. I was like, 3.4 was just like three weeks ago. Okay, no, no, no. Like a few years ago when everything broke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I prefer to put my CSS. I don't do CSS. And I jokingly, I'd say this. We do a lot of client sites and build a lot of themes and stuff, but I don't actually do the building and I haven't built in a, in a couple of years, but I have a couple of things that, and maybe Tim put this in the definition in the beginning. I think it's important. Uh, If he did, Tim just shut me off. I didn't recall hearing it, but I was pasting links in other places. Um, I think it's important to, to, you know, help people understand that why you want to put the CSS in these places and stuff. Uh, because if you make changes or modify the theme files at all and you don't have them in the style sheet or in the modules. Are you talking about if, if you may try the updates? Yeah. When you do the updates and everything will get erased. And, and I, what I want to say kind of my point is, is that if you put it in the style sheet or the modules or theme options, it's you're safe. But if you go outside of those things, you're not safe and you could potentially lose the styling that you're going to put in your. So pretty much the only place you would lose it these days. If you you just had Divi installed and you didn't have a child theme and then you went into Divi's Divi style sheet and made changes there. So if you're going to work in a style sheet, it has to be in a child theme style sheet um, or use the customizer. But I, I don't. I mean, maybe we need to be that obvious, but I feel like, why on earth would you go into DB? Hey, maybe they were new like me. I don't know. I <laughs> yeah, no, no, I did. Um, yeah. I, I, I went straight there. Uh, okay. I, where I knew about child themes, <laughs> so I, I yeah. still have a couple sites. And I mean, I maintain them for free. They were free sites, but uh, they don't have child themes, and I'm not putting them in there now because I don't get paid. But. But, but if you, you have to be careful. Use the customizer, time. you don't have to have a child theme. I mean, my I still think it's best practice to have a child theme personally. But technically, if you're not going to be playing around with the functions file, if you're not going to be doing all anything else with your start your child theme, you can technically just use the customizer, and that's okay to not have a child theme. So and that, actually, yeah, that's something to. I wanted to, to talk about because that's something where like a lot of people that have been using WordPress for a long time always say, always use a child theme, always use yeah. a child theme, because back in the day, that was best practice before page builders and, you know, doing little uh, tweaks to the header.php file and stuff like that. And yeah, obviously, if you're doing those types of things and you're editing the PHP files of the theme, absolutely use a child theme. But yeah. I don't think that same always use a child theme is as important these days because so many users will just use default Divi, the controls, and then maybe they'll add, you know, a couple snippets of CSS to the theme yeah. options. Um, and I'm not saying like, there's obviously, there's no reason not to, but for some people are like, Oh, that, you know, that's kind of overwhelming for them. Um, you don't have to, unless you're going to be touching the PHP files. So just wanted to say that. Yeah. And I think that's what I wanted to, to point out is that if you're doing CSS, and you're keeping it in the modules or the customizer, you don't have to worry about it getting obliterated and stuff. So I do have to throw, oh, go ahead. No, 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 I'm finished. (laughs) No, I want to throw in one, one caveat and I'm, there was no talk about it in the groups. Maybe it was a version that people just didn't install, but 3.0.6, I, along with Vlad discovered 
that it was stripped the Divi theme option CSS it was the only oh one gosh. it was very long <laughs> and I don't know how I stumbled upon it but I did and and I showed him and I you know we, he was like oh yeah you're, you're right but no I never saw discussion about it I so I assume it, it was one of those you know updates that was kind of buried it, it was updating a lot back then um so I, maybe a lot of people just didn't use it but there was that one version that it will strip your Divi uh. option channel <laughs> <laughs> Vlad, Vlad's watching right now. I know you like, right? you have to Thanks, tell Leslie. Thank you. You, you know what? Spe speaking on the other side of that, since you kind of talked about the benefits of not necessarily using a child theme, I would also add that the benefits of using the module settings and the customizer only is in the layout kits. So the layout kits they're producing lately, everything's within those page templates. And there's some really nice layout kits Elegant Themes has been putting out lately. I've used a couple on some small budget clients and it's just a quick turnaround and we're not doing a lot of design changes, uh, just content changes. So so if, if you wanted to export your layout kits and not have to package up a child theme to go with it, then in that case, it does make a lot of sense to use the settings and the modules and that kind of stuff. Um, if you're not going to be doing a lot of major design changes to those layout kits. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. And that's one of the, the things that can be annoying with the layouts is they put all the fonts and styling and stuff in the module. So, well, I guess these days with all the, the uh, enhanced features they're adding, find and replace and fluid styles, that's a lot easier to, you know, really quickly change fonts for the, for the entire layout. But I know, before those, when they came out with these layout packs, I would use one. I'm like, well, I don't want to use Open Sans again or whatever it may be. You have to go into each module, to the font. Yeah. Yeah, that reset option there next to the design options is comes in really handy. I reset everything yeah. and then just kind of keep the layout. But yeah, I have to blow those up right away. In fact, I, I don't know if it's too soon to say this, but I know Jerry's working on a thing that strips out all the module settings and puts it on a style sheet for you. Oh, so we wow. can swap that out. And, uh, that uh, sounds good. Yeah, that's something <laughs> we've been talking about for a long time, just to play wow. with themselves. He really is a Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I have that's a question awesome. for you. Visual Builder, CSS. You, do you guys have much experience with is... And I don't know because I don't use the visual builder much, although well, I did yesterday play with when it. I had to add that thing to that one page, that was I was in the visual builder and I used the um the page, page settings. Settings. So down the bottom there's a spot where you can do the page settings and then you can add the CSS just into that page. So that was where I did that in the visual builder yesterday. Um Okay. Actually, I will note, I mean, this is totally like off topic, but we will come back to it really soon. But I installed Gutenberg on a couple of websites and and it forces you to use the front end editor as a first option. So get ready, peeps. <laughs> it's coming. Yes. Speaking of, of the visual builder, I wish they had a way, because they have the page settings custom CSS box. I wish there was a way to access the theme options yep. CSS. So then, cause it is nice that you can see the live edits when you, you know, write CSS, paste CSS, whatever. Um, but then you have to remember to move it to the, you know, style sheet or theme options. Otherwise it'll just be on all your individual pages, which is yeah. not best practice. So I, do you guys know if it does, when you use uh, CSS in different spots, I'm not a developer, is it as far as what it um, impacts load time? Is it like really minuscule? 
I'm I'm sure a lot of people want to know if does it make it slow down if you're using all these. Well, TV has I, those I, options to be able to minimize all. Oh, the, the yeah, minify. So if you're using it, I tend to turn that off because it's caused me a few problems with some sites. But if you, but then I'm keeping all my CSS together, so it doesn't probably doesn't matter. But yeah, if you minify all that stuff, then I don't think it will impact where you put it. I haven't actually tested that, but I haven't um, noticed any slowdown when I, you know, when I put things in different spots. So. Yeah, I mean, I there's already all the random settings. Like, I can't see how it's any different between you putting some CSS in the advanced tab compared to you using a slider. I would think from a technical perspective, I'm totally making this up here, but from a technical perspective, I would think that if you did a slider or you added like a line of CSS in the advanced tab, that's exactly the same in the back end. It's just that one is visual and one isn't to the, the developer person who's doing it. So I would think that all that just gets crunched together. I could be making that up. Sorry. It sound, <laughs> sounds perfectly logical to me. That... Sounds good. Sounds right to me. Yeah. My brain yeah. You said it with such authority that I'm like, yeah, I would imagine that all of that CSS and information <laughs> is compiled on each individual yeah. page, whether it's in. So I'm going with you, Sarah. It sounds Yeah, good. that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I mean, the way that CSS works is it loads from top to bottom. And then, you know, I think the hierarchy is it loads, obviously, Divi parent styles first. And then I think it's child theme style sheet. And then, uh, like, theme options and then, like, module stuff, I believe. Uh, I know that options is for the child. Yeah, theme options is definitely higher. Yeah. Wait, sorry. That's that why again. the stuff works. Yeah, yeah. Theme options is definitely hot. Yeah, theme options is before the the child. Star sheets like right at the bottom, like child oh, okay. is at the Interesting. bottom. You would think that logically it would make more sense to do parent style than um, child theme style, so that if you're using a premium style sheet, people can then overwrite that in the theme options box or something. But anyway, oh, maybe we're talking backwards. Yeah, I'm saying so it loads like from top to bottom. So like first it loads the parent style sheet and then the child theme or this is what I, I thought it was, but you guys might be correcting me. Um, and then from there, theme options. So it You're, loads you, theme guys option. saying, you guys are saying the same thing. Okay, it, okay the we theme options loads last, which means it overwrites everything above it. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay yeah. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. We're all on the same page. And then, <laughs> so, in terms of hierarchy, modules then take priority over theme options as well. Right. According according to the Jedi, he says that Tim has the right order, which both <laughs> <laughs> Jerry's in chat. Hey Jerry. Thanks for Hi, joining. Jerry. Hi Jerry. Yeah. So modules then have higher authority. So sometimes authority can get confusing. And that's part of why it's it's better to just pick one direction, like just just pick one way of doing it because th things will override each other and it can get really confusing because you can be trying madly to put something into theme options and it's not working and you can't work out why it's not working, but it's because there's something in the module itself. You and end so, up conflicting your own CSS. Like, y'all yeah. actually brought up some really good points, which is going to make me throw some questions to y'all. Okay? Does it matter? You know, is it important to understand the loading order of CSS? Will that, should that dictate and determine where you put it in well, the, because yeah. a lot of, you know, I know from past you had to use a lot of 
hash, you know, exclamation point, important tags with Divi. You had to do a lot of overriding stuff. So is it important? Does it help? Let me rephrase this question. Does it help to understand the hierarchy of the CSS and how it loads in Divi and stuff? Should that determine where you put the CSS? I think, yes, it helps, but I don't think, no, it should determine. I, um, I think any, I mean, understanding anything about this is going to help you um, as right. far as, you know, how it really works, um, right. how it, whether it determines, I think Sarah made a good point. You need to pick what's good for you, what works for you. Um, you know, like I said, I use the theme options a lot, but ever since they updated it, I'm not happy with the colors they chose because it's a very light color over that, like a, light, a dark gray over a dark blue. It's really hard to see. And you can't expand the box. Those are my only two complaints. Yeah. But I wish the colors were more definitive, you know, where you could kind of separate visually. Um, but yeah, I think it's more about what's comfortable UI-wise for, yeah. for you. And the yeah. only time that you really need to know that stuff is if you are using a child-themed style sheet and something isn't, like, you do it in the browser and inspect and it works and then you put it in the style sheet and you don't have any caching and it's still not working and you're thinking, what the hell is going on? then you go put it in the um, customizer section and it just works. So in those cases, sometimes you're just going to have to use something that's outside. But I think if in general you have it in one place, it's going to just be simpler later. Like you may think, oh, I totally remember where I put this CSS. Six months down the track and your client comes back to you and they're like, this thing's buggy or can you like change up this color? And you can't for the life of you figure out where it is. And once you've got caching on, even in inspect sometimes, it won't reveal which style sheet it's sitting in. And so then it's really hard to find. So you may feel like, oh, I totally remember that I put it on that specific page telling myself. Right. <laughs> but six months down the track, you might not remember that. So it's mu- it's just much better to like have a system. And then sometimes you have to overwrite that into another place and you just do that. And yeah. just a quick tip, because I mentioned about the colors on the options box. Um, since you don't have to refresh that, you just click save and you don't have to refresh the actual page. Sometimes I will change the colors with CSS, like in inspect, and I'll just leave it like that so I can actually see what I'm typing. So you know CSS, you can change the colors of that box too. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, good point. You know, I would I would also add that one time it, it, it one scenario that makes sense is like say you purchased the child theme that has its own style sheet and you want to make adjustments and changes, but you don't want to screw up the original child theme style sheet. If right. you do though your new snippets, your new CSS in the theme options box, you can always blow that up and still have the original style. And what you add in the option box will over overrule and overwrite anything that was in the child theme style sheet. So in that case, it makes sense to keep it separate. That way, you know where your stuff is. If you've purchased like a premium child theme and it's right. got full blown style in the style sheet already, in that case, it might make sense. In fact, that's what I recommend to my clients who purchase one of my premium child themes: is any changes you make, make it in the theme options box. That way, you know what's yours and what's yeah. original. And you yeah, have that and, peace you know, of mind that everything original is still there. Yep. Yeah. And for that point too, uh, premium child themes can have updates. You know, they have a, a lot less updates than Divi itself, obviously, but they can update. And the other option is to create a grandchild theme so that if the, the <laughs> child theme gets updated, then all of your stuff will still, I'm just kidding. There's no such thing as grandchild <laughs> or WordPress. I was about to bring on great. I was believing you then. Like, I was thinking, I guess it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> Might not be a bad idea with all the premium. Maybe the, the theme options box is kind of the grandchild theme. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I, I was waiting for the comments to start blowing up right there, Tim. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> <Being> heresy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm running out of CSS questions. Help me, panelists. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I think... I think that's the, the the main thing. I mean, I think for new people, learning how to do the inspect panel is going to help them to know how to um, write the CSS better. But if you are learning and you're not quite sure how to use inspect, then sometimes in the module, the advanced tab, it tells you what the actual a class is so if you don't know what the actual like it will have the header of like title text and then under that there's a box and then when you start typing in there the class will come up above so um if you don't know but you want to put it in like the main area and you're still a little bit new then that's a way that you can learn what the the class is and then you put your css but if you're at that point you're probably not going to know what css to put in there anyway so I, I don't know if that's actually that helpful. I think probably if you want to learn how to do CSS, the best thing is to get yourself into the inspect panel and just start playing around. That's that's probably the best way to do it. Yeah. You know, I, even though I don't use that, the on-page, like the specific page CSS, um, I don't use it often, but I think it's a kind of an underutilized area for CSS. Mm -hmm. I, I remember I did a tutorial for ET a long time ago where every page, the nav bar background color changed. And I did that because I was able to do that because of that box. So, you know, if there's like, I don't know, there's ways to get a little creative when you just have a basic five page or maybe you want every, yeah. on, on one page, the buttons are yellow, the other page, the buttons are red. That's the kind of things that page, that box is good for in that single page. And it's not a lot of, if it's not a lot of CSS, it shouldn't really affect load time and all that. Um, yeah. But I think that box can be underutilized. Yeah, every now yeah, and then I'll jump in there and do like a, min height for like something right. if i'm just yeah. trying to like push it higher i'm like oh, i'm just trying to <laughs> but again that's my lazy self coming out <laughs> i know it is kind of like that lazy person's way out where it's like yeah. oh it's right there like you don't have to go all the way you know you want to you is that six months down the track or a year down the track when you're trying to figure out like how to fix something that you've done and you can't sometimes I'll forget to look in that section and then I'll be like oh yeah. it's there like oh, I had yeah no idea. or yeah I'll I'll work on um other people's um sites a lot of times I'm like where is this coming from <laughs> like, I never check it and it was yeah. like, oh, I thought oh, of Lord. I thought of an additional way that you can add custom CSS to your Divi site code module between the style brackets customer support like i don't do frontline support but like uh when my support person shafak has or needs help i'll dive in there and hunting down where people have done customizations oh yeah. my gosh i know gino and, and you guys who do uh, customer support totally get this and it's like okay well let's check the style okay not there let's check the theme options and you and then finally there's one little code module that's like <laughs> it's like yeah. hidden and it's not labeled code it's labeled yeah. something else and it has like this snippet of code <laughs> that's like breaking everything or when someone puts inline css in like a text module like Ugh. yeah that that too <laughs> yeah yeah that's the worst yeah. Yeah, that is Actually, that's one thing that would be really great with Divi is if, even though you can rename sections, if you could rename it, but it still had like text or code or like it still showed somewhere like what it actually was on the front end, that would be quite useful. Nick, 
there's an update. I agree with Sarah. <laughs> that's you. Know, you. I mean, in the, in the visual knows. builder, that's not even an issue anyway because unless you're going into that view that looks right. like the back end, but it still would be quite useful, I think, especially when you're working on other people's sites. Um, watch they're going to come out with that feature update and everyone's going to be like where's the header and footer builder where's the (laughs) dynamic content archive builder or whatever (laughs) well sarah had a suggestion so where's that funeral service layout kit i asked requested where's that jumping header fix (laughs) yes please speaking of css (laughs) <laughs> you know it's so funny you bring up the the lazy developer it's so true that like when i start off a project i'm gung-ho style sheet figuring out new things when i'm ready to just launch the darn thing and then come back with another round of revisions i go right to the settings make it move on you know in the module <laughs> settings it's it's true it is sometimes easy to just kind of like ah forget it you know let's just change the module itself yeah i always <laughs> think sometimes to myself oh man if if like my client decided to go somewhere else and one of you guys like looked at my site. You'd be like, <laughs> she was so late. I always think that too. I'm like, if else were to come in, like, I wonder if they'd be like, oh my God, this is shit. What, but. <laughs> Sometimes when you inherit someone else's site, you just like go, oh my God, like what the hell have they done with all this CSS? <laughs> yeah. But then I think, oh, I get lazy too. So <laughs> yeah. 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 I think we, we'd all look at it. We'd all be in the same Or like one big thing with CSS is you're not supposed to like contradict yourself. And like, there's times where like, not even where it's like lower down on the style sheet, it's like the same (laughs) cluster of CSS where it's like position absolute and then like three more declarations, whatever they're called (laughs) relative. It's like, yeah, (laughs) Uh, I'll I'll be honest. I'm, I'm the worst at that. Like with my own sites, like Monterey Premier. I went in there for the redesign this, and I didn't want to take three months to do it, you know? So I just started overriding my own rule. <laughs> I just got tired of looking for it, you know? So uh, yeah, I, you guys would kill me if you saw my, the back end of the premiere. <laughs> I do want to, I want to point out something that maybe newer people may not know when you start getting into media queries, you cannot put media queries in, um, in the modules advanced. Um, yes. the box and I, I, I've had a lot of questions or I've helped a lot of people and they'll be like well I put it here and it's not working and, and that is one spot and I don't know if that's ever going to change if they're able to do that I but did say like but it's probably like with the jumping header fix like I think it's just like it's really low in their priorities yeah. but yeah. I, I think it's I personally think it should be much higher in the priorities because there's so many options to do media queries with your sliders and your fonts and everything now and that isn't, and it doesn't feel obvious that it's not. So, right. Um, Are you talking yeah, about the, the advanced tab? Yeah, the advanced box. tab. Mm-hmm. There is sort of a hack because basically it's just, it's whatever, you know, um, CSS classes they have on there. And then it, it's like open bracket automatically. And so if you close the bracket, so if you start that off with a closing bracket, then you mm-hmm. can add whatever CSS you want. You have to add your own classes. Again, but you could do oh. queries there. But then you have to remember that it automatically closes it too. 
And hmm. so it's kind of a, yeah, a it's weird definitely hack. hacky. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's very like hacky and you can get yourself into trouble. That's you, interesting. You would never do that. Yeah, I never I see the I see the wheels spinning. What can we do with that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that that's how we uh like for Divi overlays and Divi bar layout templates, that's how we we kind of Trojan horse CSS. So that uh, that would know, be good for layout of, packs, actually. For yeah, yeah. putting out a layout pack, and you need everything to be in it. That's nice. Mm-hmm. All right, good one, Tim. We've got a Q and A here. I'm going to throw out a question. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, Pablo, for saving me. Uh, what does the module customizer do? Very little. <laughs> oh, that thing! I was like, "What are you talking about?" I forgot about that thing. I think uh, that. Well, Go ahead. What module customizer? So just the like one. the theme customizer, there's one for Divi modules, and you can only get to oh, it. Right. Okay. I think I the intent behind it. it was, like right now, if you go and you add a, let's say, um, a uh, person module, for example, it's going to have default settings, and then you have to go and you have to change it, you know, change the styling and everything. I think the intent for the module customizer was you could set the defaults so that when you add it from the page builder, it that's what it what styling it inherits. Did it come um, before global because it's almost like what I would use global for now. Like yeah, build a global one and then start using like semi global, um, and then start using that. But maybe it came before global, and so that's what people use before global. The only time I've ever found it helpful is when I want to like set images to automatically. Um, not have an animation or have a, you know, any kind of top to bottom. But I think I only, I used to do that on a regular basis, but I don't even touch that customizer anymore. It's very limited. It really is. Yeah. The concept uh, sounds great, but you're yeah. right. It is, they're just very limit, limited. It's a bit like um, in the main It doesn't save you time. I feel like it really buttons. saves time. Yeah. Like, you know how you can customize buttons in the main customizer? Yeah. yeah. Like, it's kind of useful, but it's also whacked out. Like it never quite works. And so in some ways like it's it's worth it but it kind of isn't worth it and i end up putting that stuff in my child theme yeah yeah me too there you go that's our answer to what the module customizer is (laughs) yeah talking to um to kenny saying i i think that was like one of their biggest regrets was doing the whole module customizer and everything and so moving forward they have a lot better plans for that type of thing um so but yeah i think the theme customizer something else they said um is when they released divi the theme customizer wasn't brand new but it was still like theme authors were still like being highly encouraged to take advantage of it because it was like wordpress core kind of thing but if you think about it like like the theme customizer is so limiting compared to what you can do in divi and so it's like they I think I remember them saying that they also regret utilizing that. They kind of wish they would have just done their own thing, which is, I feel like what's going to happen with the new header builder whenever that that's released. But um, it's, yeah, it kind of feels like the theme and model customizer, it's stuck in like, you know, 2013. I I think all of the, um, like the typography and the general spacing and all that kind of stuff is really useful. Being able to edit your footer, comments is really useful in there the yeah there's definitely useful things really unuseful because it just tends to not work properly then when you go to light or dark or it just doesn't play very nicely but um yeah i 
I think in general, it, it's not too bad in the general one. Anyway, that's just my thoughts. Yeah, I, I tend to try to do as much as I can in the customizer first. Um, so I'll, I'll try to set, you know, the basic colors, typography. Um, I do set use the buttons in there, although I'll always go and change padding and font size and stuff around on the style yeah. sheet. But I try to hit those basics there. And then, you know, once I do, though, when it comes time to customize that menu a little bit more, I'll just stick to the style sheet. But I yeah. try to get the basics done in there. I do, too. Yeah. There, yeah, there's same. a few that I always I always set. Hey, can I ask you guys a question about the customizer? Um, you can't change the three little lines for mobile in the customizer, can you? Like every not time that I'm, I manually do that, I'm aware of. But I feel like that should be yes. a really obvious one that should yes. change. <laughs> I know, right? Every time someone's mobile hamburger is blue, and I think, why? Yeah. It, it uses something else. I can't remember which one it is. If it's theme accent it's color the theme or color, I think. I, I think I think it's the accent theme accent color. Yeah. yeah, but then you know, what are you going to pick? What you got a dark brown? How's your theme accent color going to be white? You know, yeah. you, you know, so it's like, yeah, it is kind of a pointless tool. They should just in the mo. We should tell them this one too. In mobile styles, yeah, they, they could have more mobile styles. Add like a yeah. menu color. <laughs> yeah, yeah, give us some different menu <laughs> option. <laughs> I don't mind. Like, I, I'm fine to put it in my CSS, but I just feel like that's a really obvious one that for new people, for new people, you know, yeah, add on every time. Speaking of mobile, we do have another question. Do you yes. guys usually stick to Divi's pre-decided thresholds for tablet and mobile, or do you change those since at least for this person, Alexander, to him, they feel a bit off the mark? I, the only time I've ever had an issue is, uh, is depending on the na number of navigation items, because, you know, there's that one size where they'll, they'll get scrunched and you got to go in there with CSS. Um, I typically stick to their breakpoints. Is, is that the way he's asking? The breakpoints? Yeah. Right? yeah. I typically mm -hmm. stick to theirs. Um, there, it just depends on, uh, that's the only issue I've ever had is the menu, is the number of items. But I don't typically have issues other than that. I stick with them, or I use those, I guess, as a starting point. And then if I yeah, need to as a starting point. make changes in between, then I'll do custom. But I'll always start with that. And a lot of times, like Leslie said, that's all I have to do. Me too. I, I like, I start with it. So I'll start with all the kind of inbuilt settings. Um, but then often what I find is when I'm doing all of my mobile testing, I'll just be dragging my screen in and out. And I just find the break point that things fall yeah. out at. And then I add in um, some CSS at that particular point. So I, there are times where it tends to be different. <laughs> I, I definitely have some, some sites where I have like, 10 breakpoints just for yeah. little things where you just have to yeah yep. like I, I, I find <laughs> like semi-regularly <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's always for me when that happens it's always the bigger sites where there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen like the client has like 10 people that are checking stuff and like yeah. you know one person's uh assistant's husband has an iphone 4 and something yeah. looks slightly off on iphone yeah. 4 so you have to do like some media yeah. query magic just for that just so yep. it satisfies that one person <laughs> or they they do the thing where they put it on some giant screen and then they drag it all the way in and they just like lie <laughs> on everything and they're like at this point it does this thing. And they're like no one yeah. has a screen that size like, well, and I also, 
even look at it at that size. No one. On my movie yeah. theater Actually, projector. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you guys prefer the front end or the back end builder? I know the answer to this, but I'm going to let you know. No, guys... you don't. Oh, yes, I do, young lady. <laughs> where's, my, I have, where's my back end sticker? I got my classic oh. sticker. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm, oh, I'm a back song. end girl. You need the backstory to the back end sticker. I don't know. <laughs> uh, for me, I'm mainly visual um, for like design stuff. Sometimes if it's like a quick content change, it's easier just to, if I'm already in WP admin to use the backend builder, but for designing stuff, being able to visually change padding and colors and stuff like that, um, it's super useful where before I would either be doing a lot of back and forth between the backend and, and the front end of the site or using the, uh, the Chrome inspector tool to change stuff and then have to migrate it over to, um, the, the builder or CSS, whatever. Um, so for me, I, I love using the, the visual builder for, for design. Visual, I have to share my visual builder. My classic sticker. Can nice. you one, one for back end builder. <laughs> love it. Back end. That was, that was custom that ET made just for Leslie, right? Because, <laughs> yeah, I was. So cute. We had a little thing in, in one of the Facebook groups where we're kind of going back and forth about the back end builder. So one of the word camps, he he came up to me and like, look, we made you this. <laughs> like, <laughs> so they're like, you better hold on to it because you're not right. going to have it on video. It's So Gino said back end builder. Leslie's back end builder. Tim's visual builder. Sarah? I'm a bit of both, to be honest, but I'm mostly visual builder. And then there's some stuff I just can't do in Visual Builder. And so, like, um, if I have to do a heap of links, I'll do those in the back end because they just function better. Like, it links to pages better. Um, and yeah. then there's other bits and pieces that you just – it just is annoying in the Visual Builder. But, yeah, predominantly, I would say 80% Visual Builder. I'm, I'm going to be the tiebreaker then. <laughs> I don't do anything. I'm the boss. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, Corey. I actually do do landing pages and I, do <laughs> and stuff. I don't build out full sites and stuff, but I have to tell you, if you would have asked me this question a month ago. I would have been a definite backend builder. Kill, kill. <laughs> no. um, but I got to tell you, I jumped on the front end builder just because I wanted to do it. Yeah. And I and I was blown away at how far they've come with the visual builder. It they was really so have. much That's e what it was it was so much easier for me. It was And just, the thing I would say to people wow. who are back end lovers and don't want to switch to visual, I th I think it is coming and so at some point it's going to have to happen. Yeah. But the the way that I switched was I I went into the visual builder and I started building out in the front end. So it was when it, I wasn't rushed, I wasn't in a hurry or anything, but I just kind of like plonked the things in the right places and then had a bit of a play in from the start of a build. And that was when I felt like I started, because all those things that you're so fast at with the back end, because you get in such a habit and you know where everything is and you know, like it just becomes really fast. I kind of, on a new build, that was when I yeah. mucked around with it rather than like once everything's built and, Whatever. Yeah, that sounds like the better way. I to just plonked it. it in the yeah. right places and then kind of like tweaked a little bit. And then I realized some of the joys of it that it actually was really nice with changing colors. And so then I found a few things that were nicer and then it helped me switch over that little bit further. But it took me a while. Like I would say it took me maybe five or six builds to fully 
like come across. It, it really did take a while. Yeah, that's what I did is I forced myself to create a website from start to finish only using the visual builder. I think I went to the back end like maybe twice for for something. Yeah. And that was back when there was it was when still it was like hard pretty to. glitchy. <laughs> yeah, like where like you'd hover oh, try to hover over a mod a module and then it would like trigger the That was awful. That. It and was still that's pretty frustrating. Got the button now so you can switch yeah. over. Yeah. So that's the other thing you could build in the front end in that, in that mode, you could build in the front end editor in the back end. The wireframe mode. Yeah. So I, I definitely appreciate that they put that wireframe in there. And so when I go in there and play around in the front end and get frustrated with some of those, (laughs) I'll I'll mess around with the wireframe. I've been doing that just in preparation of the upcoming changes. So definitely uh, appreciate that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, do we have anything else that we want to talk about as far as CSS and where to put it and Divi and where you can stick your CSS by God? <laughs> I'm going to put that on a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I'll show you oh, where to God. stick your CSS. <laughs> Keep it in your style sheet, David. Keep it in your style. <laughs> uh, well, let's do some parting thoughts and uh, we'll wrap this bad boy up. Who wants to start off? I'll, I'll go. go. Oh. oh, no, Gina, you go first. <laughs> okay. I would just say that wherever you decide to put it, um, it's, it's a, Divi's a great starting step for to get into web design, but don't be afraid of starting to learn a little bit of CSS along the way. If you plan on making a few bucks doing this, um, it's always good to, to learn a little bit and it's pretty easy to pick up once you just start playing around with stuff that's already out there. So go out there, do some searches, take some snippets, figure out what it's doing and, uh, You'll just, it'll open up your world a big time. Awesome. Thanks, Gina. Nice. Tim? Yeah. Um, my parting thought is no matter where you place the CSS, the style sheet, the theme options, wherever, um, get in the habit of always commenting uh, what it is that it's doing. Get really comfortable with writing comments and have a system you know, write it above or, or whatever. Um, so you always know where it is because you will not remember. Uh, we've t- we talked about forgetting where you, you place it, like even more so you'll forget what it does. And so whether you're writing it yourself or getting snippets from uh, Gino's site, a lot of, he has a lot of custom CSS tutorials, um, always make sure it's labeled so that you can go back and, and uh, tweak it later. Fantastic point. Great point. Who's next? Hey, Leslie. Um, I guess, uh, I guess CSS related, I'll, I'll just say, if you don't know how to do it yet, learn how to use um, an inspect tool on, on the browser, because it's nice. just such a game changer. Um, if you're watching this and you're like dabbling in CSS, you don't already know how to, you don't know how to use inspect. I, I can't tell you how invaluable that was for, for me. I'm sure it was for everybody. Um, yeah. But to, to know how to find a class and how to target something, I mean, that's half the battle. Um, so I, I would just say that's my advice to learn how to use an inspect tool. Um, I use Chrome, but they all have some sort of developer tool. But what's great about that too, is when you get a client on a Skype call or a, a screen share and they say, I wonder yeah. if this would look like you go in there and do it right there on the spot. And they're yeah. like, Oh, how you're did like you a, do that? Wizard. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <a wizard. laughs> so definitely for that reason alone, it, it's awesome. <laughs> Let me show you what I can make your site. Look like. <laughs> right? Yeah, they think you're like hacking into it. Yeah. How do you do that? Sarah? Um, I was, 
Okay, so my parting thought is WP Beginner is really good if you're wanting to learn how to do stuff. Like generally when I was trying to learn how to do basic stuff, WP Beginner would tend to be one of the first ones that would come up and it's a really reliable website. So um, I think that's a really great. Um, but then also things like Gina's website, Jibby Space has a lot of good stuff. W3, W3 Schools was like a big Yeah, one. W3 School is fabulous. So there's lots of really good websites. There's Divi specific ones, obviously. Um, and if you just search Divi and then whatever you're looking for, you'll tend to find one of the good Divi ones. Um, but there are some good kind of general ones that are more just about generally in WordPress or generally in CSS. So probably W3 Score and WP Beginner are the two ones that you really want to spend some time in. And the only other party thought I wanted to say is just Gutenberg related um, because I know the WordPress update came out this week since last week. So if people are starting to update, you're going to get that box. Like, do you want to install Gutenberg? Um, and obviously Divi has now updated and said we're ready for Gutenberg. So just make sure that if you're updating WordPress and you're updating Divi, that you have Divi updated before you update WordPress. And then when you update WordPress, that you have two choices. You can install the Gutenberg plugin or you can install that do not use Gutenberg plugin. And it's a good idea to install one of those before WordPress updates to when Gutenberg comes in. Because if you don't want Gutenberg to be on your system, you need to have the do not use Gutenberg plugin. But if you plan to use Gutenberg, it's good to test it. So install it now and start to see what it actually does um, to your website. And just so you know what it will do to your website, um, it's okay. It's going to be all right. It doesn't update all your posts unless you go into a post and start editing it. Then it will give you the option to change to Gutenberg. It won't actually, it's only from this point forward or if you edit an old post that it will start to muck around with that. So and I just, I know that's that confusing. Not, oh, if any of that is confusing, just make sure you back up. <laughs> yes. Back up, back up, back up. But it is coming. And so you're going to see these things popping up. And if you're freaking out about it, don't freak out too much. Gutenberg isn't here yet. It's just preparing you and it's giving you options to prepare. That's all. Sorry. I know that's totally sidetracked, but I just know it came uh, this week. That's great up. parting thoughts. I'm, I'm yeah. glad that you so. shared that because I had no clue about the no Gutenberg plug-in. <laughs> yeah. um, that's a really good tip. So um, I think my parting thoughts, Leslie stole. So, um, you know, I still do not technically know CSS, but I know how to inspect element. And I feel like I can style a site up because I do know how to do the selector. So I'm seconding that point that Leslie gave for a parting mm -hmm. thought. It was game changer for me which allowed me to come where I'm at today for a large reason. You know, I was able to do things that I didn't really have the skill set to do because I learned that one little trick, inspect element. Google it. There's tons of YouTube videos out there. Um, I'm pretty sure SJ did one, didn't he? SJ um, did one, yeah. Yeah, John okay. Wooten has a pretty good yeah. walkthrough that yes. I, I usually do. I think John Believe it or not, I did one about three and a half years ago. <laughs> It out and I, I was swear. like oh wow I gotta share this this is awesome uh, don't For go me. watch mine because it's terrible look what I discovered yeah but uh like the way I learn I learn by doing and yeah. so like to go in there into the inspect tool and get to like just like experiment and like right. make changes and stuff like that to me was like 
yeah, like you guys have said, it was mind blowing. It was like such a big leap forward in in my. And then you don't need to use education. those tools like CSS Hero and all that nonsense. You yeah. Yeah. get rid of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tableau has left. just corrected me on something. Um, it's not called the No Gutenberg plugin. We probably should say that it's called the Classic Editor. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just in case you like, well, that's why I didn't hear no it. Thank you. I know. Thank I was you. like, there's a plugin called Gutenberg. It's not actually called No Gutenberg. <laughs> it's just in my mind, it's like Gutenberg or No Gutenberg. That's what it should be called. Gutenberg. It would make sense. Yeah. <laughs> Technically, no. it's called Classic. And essentially, what it will do is it Guten will free. Gutenberg when it comes. <laughs> nice. Sorry about that. Free WordPress. <laughs> I do have one last parting thought. And I want to say. So glad you came on, Gino. And we hope to yeah. again soon, man. It's been too long. Oh, yeah. thanks for having me back on. It, it, I was nervous as you know what coming <laughs> on, but man, it, I feel like I'm at home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you should feel like you, because you are at home. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Looking forward to being back on more often. Thank you, guys. Let's see here. So next week's topic, if it stays the same, is working with a remote web design team or working remotely. So we're going to kind of talk about both sides of it, I I assume. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, for Divi Chat. We'll see you next week. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. I stole Tim's line. (laughs) (laughs) I still said mine last, though. (laughs) See you guys later. I'm going to stop the live.